Did you know that in the land of a million drums, there is always something going on? Oh, oh, outcast! I love outcast. You did not have to go so hard. They didn't. In the land of a million drums. Did you know you can't get that song anywhere? Go really? You have to like get it with the album. Like it's not. <gasps> you have to like buy the album. It's not on Spotify. It's not on Apple Music. I've tried. It is on YouTube. But like, <laughs> thank you, YouTube. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, YouTube, for being there for us. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where purple is a fall color. It's the middle of May. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 2002 adventure film, Scooby-Doo the Movie. Oh my god! You're yelling at I, my... It, this is a good day. Happy spooky season, little onions! Finally. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> it's the gay high holy days. Yes, it is! <laughs> Time yeah. to be spooky and weird. Woo-hoo. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. We want everyone to join Spooky Season on Twitter. <laughs> Ooh, Elon Musk. Ooh. <laughs> He's ruining the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> he bought Twitter to control the narrative. <laughs> you are in rare form today. I love it. I, this is core. <laughs> Where have all the heroes gone? When the world needs a champion against the forces of darkness, who will answer the call? I'll have whatever he's having. <laughs> From Warner Brothers Pictures. Mystery Inc. reunites. Scooby and his crew are back on the case. Run! I'm trying, buddy. And now, on an island of mystery. Welcome to Spooky Island. They have... Roger! The monster? No clue. We're here to solve a mystery. Rory. I got a bad feeling about this. Creatures are taking over the world? That is so mean. <laughs> <laughs> doo where are you? Get up, get up, get up. Raggy! Scooby-Doo! <laughs> this year... Who's your best buddy? Raggy. That's right. Who's my best buddy in the whole wide world? Ruby New. Many heroes stand tall. Now who's the damsel in distress? <laughs> Straight up. But only one stands on all fours. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. Scooby Doo. No one is stupid enough to believe that. Who's the ugly old broad? Oh. 
this movie was the moment. It was the moment. I just, it's in that span of films. Like when I was a little kid, when I was first getting into movies, it's just like, it was a banger. I remember going to the movie theater to see it with you and mom. I was six years old. Oh boy. Five going on six, whatever. <laughs> I was just like, because I, I loved Scooby-Doo already. That is our source material today. Little Onions, of course, is Scooby-Doo. Our oh. dad was raised on Scooby-Doo. And, and as were we. It is an intergenerational thing. It is. Because that's the thing about this movie, guys. It is the marriage. The confluence, if you will. Stop. Not this again. Of so many different times. Like, this is an intergenerational film. I agree. It can please the oldest of us and the youngest of us, I believe. Like, All right, let's get into it. You guys might remember a little television show from 1969, <laughs> 54 years ago. Yeah. Can you believe that? I can, actually. Our dad is only five years older than Scooby-Doo. Yeah, no, if it's 1969, then he was five years old when it came out, so he was about the age you oh, were. Oh, my God! When you were both introduced when to it. When this movie came out. Oh, my goodness. It's beautiful. Scooby-Doo, where are you? <laughs> Classic. Oh my god. Timeless. Hannah Barbera. Yeah. I'm telling you what, remember remember all the Hannah Barbera land rides at King's Island when oh, we would go? That was so choice. They did destroy that haunted house, which we talked about recently. Yeah, we did. And that they you know, and they turned it into the Scooby Doo ride, but you know what? I still liked it. Yeah, uh, I get it. It was like a Scooby Doo laser tag, right? No, you had to like shoot the aliens with these like little fake guns that were like barnacled to the inside of the cab. Do you know that this Scooby-Doo Where Are You original run was only for a year? Yeah, I did actually. Um, there, there are there are forty episodes within the space of a year. Yeah, and God, they're not good. I'm not gonna say they're good, but they are just core. What are you talking about? No, I know the, it- these are core and amazing. <laughs> Am I the only one that understands the intricacies of this television masterpiece? No, it, when you watch the '69 cartoon with 2023 eyes, it is goofy. It, of course, it is. It's from 1969. <laughs> And guys, Scooby-Doo, where are you, of course, introduces for the first time the gang, Mystery Incorporated. These high school people, like these young adults. I'm sorry, are they not in school or are they in school? They are in high school. They are literally teenage mystery solvers, little crime detectives. Like, Yeah. no wonder we're so into true crime. I'm kidding. This is not true crime. Can you imagine? I know. Can you imagine? You know what would be a great podcast idea? We do a true crime podcast about the Scooby-Doo villains. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would actually be really fun. Oh my gosh. We'd get hella sued. Yeah, Mystery Incorporated. Pretty boy Fred Jones. Pretty girl Daphne Blake. Genius Velma Dinkley and pothead Norval Shaggy Rogers <laughs> and his anthropomorphic Great Dane, Scoobert Scooby-Doo. I love that you 
you add all their names? No, that's just a thing. <laughs> Obviously, Shaggy's the supposed pothead, right? It's never explicitly stated throughout. Because he's beatnik coded. That's yeah, yeah, why. Yeah, he's a beatnik, right? Because from 1969, uh-huh. you know, he's the burnout. But like Daphne's go-go boot. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. Fred's ascot. Uh. Velma's skirt. I feel like I myself am very much a Shaggy Velma combo. Yes. Yeah, and I think you are too, to be quite honest. Oh, you no. know, there's no way either of us have Fred or Daphne in us. I really don't think so. So, although I'm a little Daphne, I'm not gonna lie. Your uh, boyfriend's like a Scooby Fred combo. <laughs> yeah, I uh, know. Uh, hey, gang. Because <laughs> that's the thing, right? You know, Fred's like the air quote leader. Yeah, the of de facto the leader. Whatever. It's just because he's the man. Yeah, he's and, the alpha man. And he, yeah, and Shaggy's the air quote beta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Velma's the genius woman who's actually doing all the work but never gets any credit for it. And Absolutely. Daphne's the damsel in distress who's there to be by the side of the pretty boy leader, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, no, she's always getting kidnapped. Listen, Daphne did have agency in that OG series. She yes, she did. got captured every time, but there was some agency. But obviously through today's 2002 adaptation, we're going to make fun of a lot of the ways that the television show has warped us. We're not going to be able to talk about every gag. Of course not. But there, I am going to be pointing out my favorites. Raja Gosnell is directing. Yes. We have had Raja Gosnell with us before. That's. I thought that when the name flashed across the screen, I was like, I remember Raja Gosnell. He was with us when he directed Home Alone 3, when we covered Home Alone 3. Oh, Lord. Was that last Christmas or the Christmas before? I think it was last Christmas. Can't keep track anymore, guys. <laughs> so sorry about that. He's also done Never Been Kissed. Oh, God. Big Mama's House. Scooby-Doo <laughs> 2, Monsters Unleashed. It's a banger sequel. It is a banger sequel. It's up there with Shrek 2. James Gunn writes this screenplay. Mm, I think you're still mad at James Gunn. In one of Carrie Ann's birthday months... Oh, no. She committed a crime. Uh-huh. I and may- <laughs> we covered Slither from 2000-whatever-the-hell. And you're still dealing with the trauma from that. That movie is so foul. <laughs> and I can't believe... You only put me through it to watch me squirm, and I'm just not going to be okay with that. <laughs> you suck. It was fabulous. And we're still awaiting a tribunal to decide what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, he wrote that. This movie made $190 million. You're GD, right? And I know I am. Oh, my God. Because, you know, this is right after Harry Potter came out. Uh Warner Brothers had big money. Like Stop! Yeah, it was luscious and big and fat. Stop! The the bank, you know, not not the... Stop! Sorry. (laughs) Absolutely stop. When I say it's intergenerational, the aesthetic of this production design... I think is meant to be inviting to all. And yeah, it's really silly and not that scary. But as a kid, it is spooky, you know, and which is exactly who it's made for. Although apparently when they first started making the film, the script was a lot darker. I bet it was. Than what we ended up going with here. This movie's also cut up for Jesus. <laughs> the director's cut of this movie, it's not like something insane like Lord of the Rings where it's like so much longer than the original. But they cut... It's like a Star is Born. They cut a lot of key moments out because they don't think it's going to play well with all the families and all the white <laughs> families out there in America. Yeah. Oh. Carrie, we know what we're talking about when we're talking about the deleted content from this movie. Some of the content that was taken out of this movie. It is racy and... <laughs> um, we'll get back to we'll it. We'll get back to it. Um, <laughs> there's one thing we can't get back to because it was completely cut and like they didn't do it. 
there was a scene in the original script where Daphne is having trouble getting back to herself after being possessed, and they shared an on-screen kiss. Oh! Velma and Daphne. Oh. It's like an it thing where they decide they need to strengthen their bond to get her back to her body. <gasps> I know. Oh. And they just decided, no. That's weird. We're not. That is weird. That doesn't need to be here. Not because it's two girls kissing, but because it's two girls from a beloved cartoon. <laughs> and then the Velma's guy friend all of a sudden appeared. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Guys, we might have guessed it, guys, but we've got names. Holy cow. As Fred Jones, please welcome him to Kicking and Streaming. We have Freddie Prince Jr. Aww. That's Prince. Yeah, Prince. With the Z, not Prince. Because he is obviously the son of Freddie Prince. Yes, exactly. Which I, you say obviously, but I couldn't pick Freddie Prince out of a lineup. Well, like, I can't remember the name of the show he was on. He was 23 when he died. Yeah, I know, I know. Isn't that awful? Little Freddie was a baby. Um, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. It's like one of his biggest claims. I still know what you did last summer. Oh my god. The sequel. She's all that. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. And of course, uh, he was on, he did a stint on Friends, and he was on Boston Legal, and 24, and um, you know, he voices Kanan Jarrus from Star Wars Rebels. Oh, well, look I at that. Know. Carrie, this is the original Ken. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, he was the Ken. I mean. Quite literally 21 years before we knew we needed Ken. Like, it's just. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. From the blonde hair to the ascot. He's so pretty. <laughs> pretty Prince Jr. Folks, please welcome to Kicking and Streaming as Daphne Blake, Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh. Wife of Freddie Prince Jr. That is my favorite piece of trivia about this movie is that this is the movie where they met. And then, guys, Daphne and Fred literally got married. And they're still together. They actually met on the set of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, whatever. Because that was the first one. Who gives a shit? I do because it's technical. You know, like, it's they got married three months after this movie came out. Uh, okay, anyway. Also a moment. <laughs> also a moment with these two young, dumb hotties. Biconic. They're not dumb, but they are biconic. <laughs> they are absolutely. Oh, she was also in She's All That with Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> she likes working with her husband, you know. But guys, she's most famously Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Exactly, exactly. She's also Kendall Hart from All My Children. Oh, God. I know. <laughs> As Velma Dinkley. <sighs> Please welcome her to Kicking and Streaming. Mm-hmm. Is Linda Cardellini. Mm-hmm. Guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> does Velma so well. They all do their characters perfectly. Yeah, they do. But... I know. Linda just is Velma uh-huh. in this. Like, the the voice she does for mm-hmm. Velma, it's so, it's the closest voice. Her her and Matthew Lillard, they're the closest voices. Absolutely. You know? Freaks and Geeks, ER, Bloodline. She's oh. on that Dead to Me thing on Netflix right now. Yeah. You know I love Linda Cardellini as Sylvia Rosen on AMC's Mad Men. Absolutely. Oh, Linda. Linda. And she was, uh, she's been with us before, actually. Really? I, I, oh, wait. I, that's right. I completely forgot she was with us. I'm sorry. We're not welcoming her. We're welcoming her back because she was with us when we did Brokeback Broke Mountain. Mountain. She's that character that's there for five seconds. Yeah. Portraying Norval Shaggy Rogers. 
Norval. <laughs> we have Matthew Lillard. Please welcome him back to Kicking and Streaming. He was with us just a couple weeks ago. We did Looney Tunes back in action. Oh, Christ, as yes! Himself. I com- how have I already forgotten about that? Oh, my God! Because he's Stu Mocker from Scream. Oh, boy. Scream, which we'll have to do at some point. I know. We're I... not doing any of the others. Any of the others? We're just doing Scream. Okay, gotcha. Okay? Or are we enacting our Saw policy? Yes. We're not going to be doing any of the other Saws? Guess what? What? He was in She's All That with Sarah Michelle Gellar and uh, Freddie Prince Jr. I'm shocked. Because he's Brock Hudson. Oh, Lord. That's so funny. <laughs> no, guys, I just recently saw 13 Ghosts for the first time. That was a train wreck from beginning to end. Carrie, he stars in the Five Nights at Freddy movie that's about to come oh, out. Oh, I know. I'm big excited. Ooh. Matthew Lillard is underrated. Matthew's performance in this movie is one of the dearest to my soul. I know. He does it so perfectly. He does it absolutely perfectly. Perfectly. Casey Kasem doesn't agree, but (laughs) the original voice is Shaggy Rogers. (laughs) According to Looney Tunes back in action, but I just, he's so dear. I can't. I'm gonna, ugh. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gushing. Portraying Emil Montevarius, which literally means various world. Please welcome him back to Kicking and Streaming, Mr. Rowan Atkinson. He was with us when we covered The Witches. Yeah, because he runs the hotel. <laughs> this is Mr. Fucking Bean, yes, guys. Yes, it is, baby. This is Johnny English. <laughs> A secret policeman. He's in love, actually. Mm-hmm. Guys, he's the voice of Zazu. Oh, From right. The Lion King. Portraying the voodoo maestro who deserves a name. Yeah. We have Miguel Nunez. He's like the only character of color in this movie and he doesn't have a name. He's from Return of the Living Dead and Life and Tour of Duty, BET drama, The Family Business. Uh Uh-huh. I know. And portraying Mary Jane, (laughs) we have Isla Fisher. Was she in Wedding Crashers? Yep, she's in Wedding Crashers. She's in Baz Luhrmann, Great Gatsby. Yeah, baby. Uh Uh-huh, The Lady in Red. Oh, Carrie... Guess who she's fucking married to? Wait, tell me. She's married to Sasha Baron Cohen. No way! Yes, yes. Yeah. I wonder what that marriage is like. How can you be married to Borat? <laughs> How is that even possible for you? <laughs> Keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. With John Hamm. Yeah. I, yeah. Other honorable mentions. Neil Fanning is the voice of our titular character, Scooby-Doo. Scott Innes is the voice of Scrappy-Doo. It's Scooby-Doo's nephew. Yeah. Scrappy Cornelius-Doo. That's right. Frank Welker is voicing the creatures. Ah. We've had him a few times this year, haven't we? Also here is um, the band Sugar Ray (laughs) and Pamela fucking Anderson. I can't wait to talk about that. Oh, that's one of my favorite aspects of the plot. Playboy Centerfold 1990, Pamela Anderson. Hi, Pam. (laughs) Hi, (laughs) ma'am. Hi, Pam. (laughs) Hi, Pam. Pam is (laughs) ma'am. All right, guys. We must get to the content. Are you ready? I, not really, but also, yes, I am. This whole film was shot in Australia. No way! In Queensland. You're kidding me! $84 million budget. Wow! I know. They overspent. (laughs) A little bit. In my opinion. (laughs) Like, the thing is, is that I don't know that you could begin this movie any other way, honestly. Like, in the middle of a classic case. A typical mystery that Mystery Inc. has been called on to solve. This is a must for understanding the Mystery Inc. dynamic, right? 
like, like I'll blow through this quickly because we've already kind of talked about it. But just as a reminder, Fred is the de facto leader. He's basically a blonde ascot with teeth. You know, he's nice enough, but not very smart. And then there's Daphne. I think she's canonically Fred steady, but whatever, with her red hair and her purple go-go boots. Ugh. I know, I know. Sarah it's Michelle. A <laughs> well, I'm talking about Sarah it's Michelle. Sarah Michelle Geller, yeah. She's serving. And Daphne's role is usually reduced to the one who's getting captured by all the bad guys. Damsel in distress. Yeah. Remember and- when we did Cabin in the Woods and we basically covered this same formula? Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, like- because Velma Dinkley is the brain, the heroine, the most valuable member of the group. Indeed. She's always deducing clues and coming up with plans to catch the bad guys in action. And then Shaggy Rogers. If anything, Shaggy is the cautious one who is easily spooked, is often the one questioning whether or not a bunch of high school kids should even be getting involved with these shenanigans. Probably the smartest one behind Belle. <laughs> and then, of course, his dog, Scooby-Doo. Is the dog actually talking? We don't know, because Shaggy's so baked. <laughs> Scooby is the famously hungry Great Dane that is the mascot of Mystery Inc. and the absolute heart of the group, right? Yes. Scooby and Shaggy are off in the bait in these catch-the-bad-guy scenarios. So we begin at the Wow-O-Toy Factory mm-hmm. with the case of the Luna Ghost. They're instituting this master plan to catch the villain and unmask them, right? Shockingly, Daphne has always been captured. <laughs> you know, like, that's literally the line. Fred. Come in, Fred. Fred! Can you hear me? Brits are here, Mills. Shockingly, Daphne's been captured again. It's okay. When the Luna Ghost rounds the corner with Daphne, Shaggy and Scooby will pop out of the barrel. Then you'll activate the conveyor belt, spilling the vat of oil onto the floor. This is just a toy factory. This Luna Ghost is haunting this toy factory to prevent the launch of a new fashion doll that they're trying to put out. That's what I'm extrapolating from this. And like they like always, Mystery Inc. has a way too complicated plan to catch the bad guy, right? And always, every single episode when they try to enact the plan, it always goes wrong. We're usually ruined by Scooby and Shaggy. Yeah, there's not a single episode of the cartoon where Scooby and Shaggy don't screw up everything. <laughs> Scooby Doo, what are you doing, man? Like this is no time to. Like there's a ghost right behind me, isn't there? (laughs) (laughs) The Luna Ghost design Uh is sickeningly good. (laughs) I'm afraid of that thing. (laughs) The way it's cackling. (laughs) The way it's flying. I know, it's actually flying, guys. (laughs) It all ends with Fred being trapped under a net Velma hanging upside down from a chain, soaking wet. Scooby and Shaggy doing their best Tony Hawk impression on a skateboard. We get it. It's 2002. (laughs) We get it. And then they accidentally kick the Luna Ghost and Daphne into a stack of these fashion dolls. And that's how they trap him? That was easy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just let, just start off by letting Scooby and Shaggy do what they're doing. Yeah. Like, who the fuck comes driving through the door in the mystery machine, Carrie? <laughs> guys, it's Pamela Anderson. Okay, guys, the mystery machine is the famous van, the green, blue, and orange van that Mystery Inc. pals around in solving crimes and mysteries. It's very 69. This is what we need to deduce right here, right now. Okay. 
if this is Pamela Anderson, uh huh, like in universe Pamela Anderson, like two thousand one centerfold nineteen ninety <laughs> Pamela Anderson, why does she have the mystery machine? Because Ross, this is one of my favorite aspects of the movie. Is one of the things that the cartoon was famous for was having these really ridiculous and out of place uh, celebrity cameos. Like Don Knotts was on the cartoon yeah. once. So were the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. And they were like part of the case. Yes, that's right. And yeah. that's obviously why Pamela Anderson is here because the fashion doll that Wowo is trying to put out is a doll of her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she gets out of that mystery machine and she throws her arms around Fred. Thank you so much for saving the factory. Damn, any comments for us? This is a victory for any celebrity who wants to make a quality, ecologically friendly action figure. Fred, what's the secret of your success? Teamwork. I do a tremendous amount of teamwork, and I always have a plan. Come on. Yeah, my plan. And Fred is all more than happy to tell them that teamwork is the secret to success, Fred! and that he is responsible for putting together the teamwork, and of course Fred is taking all the credit again. Here when is their problem, right? Yeah, no, Fred is... Imagine that. It's Fred's fault. <laughs> Fred started this by being egotistical. And Velma Velma is always putting together the brains of the operation, and Fred is always taking credit for She's it. She's never getting any recognition for it. And guys, we've come to the famous part of the cases, the unmasking. Because <laughs> it's always a man in a mask. And Carrie, it's the <laughs> cadence with which they do the line perfectly. They take the Luna Ghost's head off, and what do they say? Old man Smithers! The creepy janitor? Smithers won a revenge after you refused to go out with him. How could you, Pamela? I am a lover boy of George Clooney in proportions. How gross. <laughs> the balloon flying, the balloon suit that's making the ghost fly. No. Because this is where Velma explains how the ghost has been getting away with the haunting the whole time. His arms and legs are basically filled with helium. That's what Velma does. They unmask and then Velma explains all the smoke and mirrors. Yeah, no, seriously. Even though we're led to believe she's not realized any of it up until this point. <laughs> These balloons fill with a highly potent helium synthesis, giving the Luna ghost his weightless appearance. I would have gotten away with you if it weren't for you meddling bitch and you dumb dog. So after the press breaks up, Mystery Inc. starts having a fight because Velma's sick of Fred's showboating, Daphne is sick of being the damsel in distress all the time, and Shaggy just wants them all to stay together. No, they're having, they're calling out each other's shortcomings. Like, they sure are. Absolutely. And everybody quits! I quit. No. No way! Y you can't quit. I was gonna quit in like two seconds, and now everyone is gonna totally think that I copied off the smart girl. Now, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe I quit. Carrie? I know. It ripped you up inside. Our it's friends like... are breaking up. Yeah. And guys, the way this transition happens, because I guess Shaggy is the title owner of the, the mystery mobile. They're driving away. <laughs> what now, Reggie? <laughs> guess we gotta just do what we do best, Scoob. Pass the dochi pali left hand side. Pass the dochi pali left hand side. Pass the dochi on the left hand side. Pass the dochi on the left. The way it 
cuts to them on the beach in the mystery machine <laughs> with smoke coming out of the top like they're hot boxing. But they are not. They're making eggplant burgers on a hot plate inside the van. They're s- talk about toasted, he says. <laughs> not the pot puns. It's just a pothead and his dog making insane food items, you know? And this random guy knocks on the van door. He's looking for a Mr. Rogers and a Mr. Do. And because this guy works for this man named Mr. Mondavarius. Emil Mondavarius. You're right. And Mondavarius wants to invite Scooby and Shaggy to Spooky Island. The theme park he owns in the middle of the ocean. To solve a mystery. Yeah, you look like a really nice guy. It's just we're not detectives anymore. Well, no, I've been sent by my employer, Mr. Emil Mondavarius, to invite you to his world-famous amusement park, Spooky Island. Oh, we don't go near any place with spooky, haunted, forbidden, or creepy in the name. Well, hydrochronic. Right, or hydroclonic, but that's for a whole different reason, man. And then the guy mentions the all-you-can-eat buffet. And the 10000 American dollars. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> we go to the airport, right? Yeah. Because we're seeing Fred for the first time in two years, and Carrie... Uh- Oh, stop. He's just got it. No, the thing I do love about the production design is the way that they have updated all of their cartoon looks. Yeah, exactly. For like 2002, but they've stayed true to the color scheme. It's not 1969 land anymore, yeah. Fred is like blue and orange, Daphne's purple and green, Velma's red and orange, and Shaggy is of course brown and green. And like Fred, Velma, and Daphne all get to the airport at about the same time. Like, and they're all standing around boasting about how great their lives have been. This is the part that got butchered. It did. Because they all get, we all get little cutscenes when they're talking about what they've been doing with their lives, such as Fred's got a book, Fred on Fred, and Velma's been working at NASA, and Daphne's been doing karate. But they're all kind of lying. Because <laughs> yeah, I... Fred is not like on a lecture circuit. He's like at an off-brand Comic-Con with a room full of people not listening to him talk about yeah. all of the cases. Any questions? Yes. Yeah. Why do you suck? Oh. Yeah. Who dyes your hair? And then Velma. Velma's actually in a therapy group where she's talking about how she used to be in this group where she never got attention and no one could remember Velma. Yeah. Being part of the group. Yeah. Which group was it? Mystery Inc. Wow. Fred Jones. And that giant dog. Oh, and remember Daphne? She was so hot. I don't remember a Thelma. Daphne's been training with martial artist masters, but she's still not perfect at it. No, She's no. still getting herself stuck in trees. She's doing it so that she doesn't get captured again. She can <laughs> fight her own way out. She doesn't need anyone to save her. My opponent is my insecurity. My strength is my resolve. And what do you mean Daphne can't bring seven carry-on bags on the plane? (laughs) The enormous amount of pink and purple luggage she's got, I swear. Oh no, when Shaggy shows up with Scooby. Hey, I guess we're all going to Spooky (laughs) Island, man. And we realize that Shaggy is going to try and smuggle this Great Dane onto the plane in a post 9-11 climate. They bought him a seat. Yeah, no. I get it. He <laughs> talks. I wouldn't want to put him in the cargo hole either. But you guys, he's dressed as their, quote, grandmother. <laughs> they don't allow big dogs on the plane. <laughs> oh. Ow. 
got to be kidding. No one is stupid enough to believe that. Who's the ugly old bro? <laughs> this flight is full of college kids who are on their way to Spooky Island to roast some brain cells after the end of term, including the beautiful Mary Jane. Okay. <laughs> Who Shaggy is immediately taken with. Shaggy catches the eye of one Mary Jane, pun intended. <laughs> they both love Scooby Snacks. That's what I have in all capital These letters. bitches are so stoned they're eating dog food. She is a grown person who loves Scooby Snacks. You know, the dog treats from the show. Connections are happening on Spooky Airlines Flight 3774. Boy, oh boy. Those sure do look like Scooby Snacks. I know they're for dogs. They're 100% vegetarian, and, and I love them. Like me, too. Far out. I have never met another person who loves Scooby Snacks. Me neither. I'm Mary Jane. Like, that is my favorite name. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Shaggy. The way Shaggy has relegated Scooby over to sit with Fred and Velma so that he's not cramping his style with Mary Jane. Yeah. Because Mary Jane's allergic to dogs. Uh-huh. And, like, there is... Okay, so they bought the dog a seat, but there's a lap cat loose on this plane. <laughs> You're right. And the cat is hissing at the dog. <laughs> it's the way... Scooby in the grandma getup <laughs> is barking at this person's cat and Velma um grandma <laughs> say grandma bad grandma don't eat the kitty in the land of a million cars there is always something going on welcome to spooky island the frightfully popular spring break spot for college students. And then the outcast starts playing, and I'm immediately in the mood. Oh my god! In the land of a million drums, there is always something going on, on. Spooky Island is a moment. No, I said, Ross, Spooky Island looks absolutely sick. It looks so sick, dude. I it's have... like a horror-themed amusement park. Which is what we need. Like, Where is my Spooky Island, like, capitalist it, America? It needs to be a thing. Like, without the colonizer culture. But, like, you know. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> like, I have always wanted this place to be real. Oh, we would thrive. We would absolutely thrive. Mystery Inc., still annoyed that they're all here together, are immediately greeted by the eccentric owner of Spooky Island, Emil Mondavarius, who is an absolute cartoon in his own right. He tells them Spooky Island is all about realizing your own fears. Oh, and God. I knew none of you could resist a juicy mystery. <laughs> so I invited you all here. <laughs> I'm Emil Mondavarius, the owner of this amusement park. You seem less... Spooky! Than we'd have guessed. Oh, 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 no, I can be pretty spooky when called upon. Oh, I can go and wear claws and everything. <laughs> oh, yes, you wouldn't want to run into me in a dark alley, I can tell you. Spooky Island is obviously a huge destination spot for these college students on vacation or, like you said, ended term or whatever. I feel like this whole place is open bar. That must be it. A.K.A. young Gen X millennial cuspers with hot young bodies to bring in revenue, you know, like... And he thinks somebody is messing with the guests. He explains that many of his guests are acting very strangely. There's a huge difference in their demeanor between arrival and departure from Spooky Island. Carol! Hey, Carol! How's the island? 
Are you tricking on me? Carol's Meads. Brad, we've known each other since we were like three. Back oh. off my grill, oh. son! Carol, what are you doing? off my grill, son! I, can't, I really am afraid people talked like that back then. <laughs> Listen to me. Back then, uh-huh. this movie's old enough to drink. I know. It was in June. <laughs> He's 21. No, but Carol picks Brad up and just throws him across the beach. The way we just move on from eating Brad, <laughs> like no one's doing anything about that. And like Velma's like, I'm going to solve this mystery first. Oh no, immediately they're all claiming they're going to solve it first. It's now a race. We're not going to be working together. And like, you know, Scooby-Doo episodes back in the 60s and throughout its history have always been full of red herrings, right? People who are suspiciously creepy, so you'll definitely suspect they're the bad guy. Mondavarius is definitely our first red herring, and we're now moving on to two more red herrings. We're going to the Spookapalooza, <laughs> right? We're here to learn about the island a little bit. There is this islander culture... Here, you know, everything's, I don't know how to describe it, big masks and Laguna Laguna and like But it's mostly white people playing dress up. Yeah, no. Playing the cultural appropriation game. We are introduced to Nogu Tawuna. I wrote definitely not his real name. He is a white man with Maori symbols painted on him, like... And his evil best pal wrestler friend, Zarkos. You may recognize him from Telemundo. The famous masked wrestler, Zappos. This enchanted island is a thoroughfare to the supernatural realm. For centuries, it was home to creatures who lived on the island, undisturbed. And, like, he's doing this little demonstration. There's this big fire pit in the middle, and he's talking about how this island is a window to the supernatural realm for ancient beasts until it was disrupted by Mondavarius building the theme park, right? Yeah. And this has angered the ancient beasts. These monstrous creatures that once roamed the island. And, like, Velma's looking around, and, yeah, there are normal college kids here, but there are also kids... Who were just vacant behind the eyes? Yeah, they're just standing there watching this all go on, and she's noticing it. And then Nagutuuna turns on, like, the, the fire pit, and, like, you can see these beasts in the flame. Yeah. And he goes up to Velma and goes, Do my friends frighten you? They would, if it weren't for the holographic projectors. There, and there, and there. Not Velma literally exposing their smoke and mirrors. <laughs> she sees the holographic projectors. I love her so much. Do you know what I absolutely agree with? What's that? That the freaks do indeed come out at night. Yeah, the freaks but come out at night. No, I love this the freaks song. Come out at night. But I hate how in this movie it's not the original version; it's the Uncle Cracker Buster Rhymes version. Whatever. <laughs> I need that spiky skull disco ball so I can live. Like, yeah, I know. Right? I need it. Daphne is off by herself. She's looking for clues, and she's encountered our fourth red herring, who was only known as the voodoo maestro in the movie. This ritualist that lives on the beach. Yeah, and he just lives in a hut, and he does voodoo, which I don't even know where to begin with that, but I digress. And he is immediately suspicious of her as well. Now, what are you doing here? What what, what do you want? Why, why, Why are you all up in voodoo ritual space? I'm looking for clues as to who's behind the strange behavior of the students. 
Well, here's a clue. Purple is a fall color. It's the middle of May. Pardon? Listen, do yourself a favor and get off this island. Go home. Go home before evil befalls your little skinny aerobicized booty. And he tells her, definitely do not go up to that spooky island castle. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't go there. <laughs> Which is what they do in the show. You yeah, know? Like, don't go up that there road. Yeah. And of course, she is definitely going to be going up to the castle now. Meanwhile, Shaggy is too busy hanging out with Mary Jane to notice that Scooby is blurred away by a mysterious voice into the woods in search of a big bag of hamburgers. This mysterious voice on the phone at the bar is saying to Scooby, come into the woods, I have a bag of hamburgers. Come into my van, I have candy. Just go into the darkness where no one can see you. This is where we get to see these supposed creatures for the first time. Yeah, because as Scooby is, like, getting at the bag of mystery burgers... Ramburgers. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> One of these ancient beasts comes up behind him, and, like, they're ten feet tall at least, right? Yeah, they're, they're goblin-esque. They kind of look like what you would get if you crossed a pit bull with a bunny rabbit. <laughs> And can I just say, they spent all the animation budget on Scooby. They really did. Scooby's CGI rendering looks really good. The creatures <laughs> do not. No, they don't. They just don't. And, like, Scooby gets back away from the creature. Like, the creature won't follow him out into public, like where the disco skull is and everybody's having a good time. And so Daphne, not wanting to go up to the castle by herself is going to recruit Scooby and Shaggy to go with her. <laughs> the shot of the spooky island castle, and then panning forward to, sh to Shaggy turning his head. No way. Shaggy. Uh-uh. Scooby and me don't do castles. <gasps> Why not? Because castles have paintings with eyes that watch you and suits armor you think's a statue, but there's a guy inside who follows you every time you turn around. How many times has that actually happened? Twelve. We're not gonna do it. And he crosses his arms. <laughs> <laughs> but Ross, what very special tool does Daphne use to get them to perform? Would you do it for a Scooby snack? She's always bribing them with Scooby snacks. Everybody's always bribing them with Scooby snacks. <laughs> and you'll be fearless. <laughs> it's a broken down, neglected ride, right? Yeah, they get inside this castle, and we very quickly realize it's a haunted house ride that's been closed for construction. Plot twist, Fred and Velma are already here. Well, that's the thing. Velma's already here because she knew this place would be ideal for mischief, right? Yeah. And Fred just followed the footprints of Daphne's go-go boots up here on a whim, because he's literally not smart to do this on his own. And they're like, okay, we're all here. We might as well do the old thing. <laughs> yeah, no, Fred, <laughs> Fred makes another famous move. Fred always makes the assignments, right? Fred always says, gang, let's split up. This happens every single episode, and it's usually where things start to go wrong. Fred and Daphne were always together. Scooby and Shaggy were always together, and Velma was usually on her own. And Velma gets butthurt about this. Let's split up and look for more clues. Daphne, you and I... Typical. What? Oh, nothing. I was always picked last for the teens. Okay. Daphne, exit through the entrance. Velma and I will enter here through the exit there. And Shaggy and Scooby... 
do whatever you guys do. The first thing Shaggy and Scooby come upon in this haunted house ride is this fake buffet in like the great hall of this castle or whatever. How can plastic be appetizing? No, they think they're gonna be able to eat it. I'm like, guys. That's gross. Do you think this just exists here? Yeah. It's so stupid. As are they. (laughs) Yeah. And like this little person who is watching the gang. This minion. Yeah, move throughout the castle ride sees them through the art on the wall, because remember, the eyes follow you. Yes. And he starts the ride. The ride is actually rather dangerous. And now for our dinner show. trapped on the front of one of the cars like it just picked her up on its way into the ride and now she's just zooming through the ride Shaggy and Scooby are tied up in the fake sausages why does the ride do that? I don't know and what's with the hand things on the wall? (laughs) What is that? Elsewhere, Fred and Velma are being threatened by these swinging axe blades. <laughs> As if it's an actual threat. I know, it's right? It's a ride. <laughs> no, they get to this bookcase, and then Velma's like, let's just start tearing off books. One of them's got to open a secret passageway. Velma, this is a ride. You got a better plan, Fred? <laughs> Fred trips backwards into the path of this axe, and Velma at the last second throws him a book which he uses to protect himself? And the axe launches him through that pane of glass behind him into the control room. And when he lands, he like trips the power to the ride. Exactly. And everything powers back down. (laughs) Daphne is barely impaled. Here's the thing. Splitting up actually proved to be very helpful. Because once the ride stops, all three groups make very important discoveries, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, Fred and Velma have discovered the control room, which also contains a little classroom and televisions that display this, quote, training video. It's for learning how to interact as young human beings. Yeah, like American young people specifically, including using their lingo. Guys, I challenge you to listen to this next sound clip and try to deduce what they're saying. And when I tell you I lived in this time and this still sounds like gibberish. Sorry, bro. No big whoop, dog. Yo, would you catch that new vid on the box? True that. I'm up to stiznuff on all popular trends. Word. Meanwhile, Scooby and Shaggy have actually stumbled onto the set where this training video was filmed. And it's not just a set for setting purposes. If you look closely around them, a lot of the objects in the room are labeled in English, and then they have this weird squiggly writing next to them. Like television, and then some nonsense next to it. Like it's another language. Mm -hmm. It's really weird. (laughs) When they're in the control room, Velma says, okay, so this is basically a brainwashing facility. Wherever there's a brainwashing cult, there's always a power-hungry leader behind it all. The Papa Smurf figure. One of the various. Mm. Then why would he have invited us here? Daphne is making 
probably the most important discovery. That's literally what I wrote. She makes the most crucial discovery. She happens upon this rotund chamber with this triangular pedestal in the middle of it. And she discovers what we will come to know as the Daemon Ritus. Yeah. Which is literally just, you know, it's Latin for demon rights. She narrowly escapes a trap she triggers by picking it up. Again, very Indiana Jones. She barely squeaks her little robosized booty between the bars of that cage. The pyramid cage? Yeah. That minion guy hits the alarm, and they all have to escape before they're found. No, when they yeah. literally disguise themselves as ride fixtures. So oh, no! That, so that Nagutona won't notice them when all the people are going through there. Zarkos and his men flood the area, and, like, they just, they're just appearing behind them as that little minion guy is like... Sir, they found the demon Rytus. For your sake, they better have gone far. Time to summon the big muchachos. Quiet, oh no. It's the farting in the chain mail for me. I know. Why does it light up? Because it's next to the fire. <laughs> like, oh no. Speaking of great songs, as they're running out of the castle, that great all star song. Because you cannot run. And, and you, you cannot, cannot hide. hide. They go back to the hotel to meet with Mondavarius. They have three suspects they'd like to tell him about. Naguta Una, Voodoo Maestro, and himself. All right, gang. Let's split up. We'll meet back here in a half hour. I'll interview employees to see if they've noticed anything odd. I'm going to get to work translating these inscriptions that Daphne found. I'll go research cults on the net. I'm a suspect? Don't take it personally. It's mostly just because you creep me out. Oh, I see. Ah. By this point in the narrative, the group is basically back to where they always were, right? Yeah. They've done their old school caper adventure and survived. We're back to working as a team. It's really sweet. The Okay, Tauna is in the bar. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like looking around for them. And it's the way Velma has decided to inspect the Damon Ritus at the bar. Velma, what are you doing? You don't know what this thing does and, like, or who might be looking for it. This cute guy from earlier that was with her at Spookapalooza. No, I wrote the discount AJ McLean dude. He, I don't get that reference. He, He's one of the Backstreet Boys. Come on. Sorry. I don't, I'm sorry. I never was into the streets. <laughs> um, dude in the Zeppelin shirt. He comes up to her at the bar and he's like, hey. What's that? And she's just telling him everything she's learned about this relic like it's normal. I believe it's called the Damon Ritus. Damon Ritus? What's it for? I think this describes a very old race of creatures. These inscriptions are reminiscent of ancient pandemonist texts, so I can make some of it out. It looks like instructions to some sort of secret ritual. It is fascinating. On the house. Nice sweater. It's the way Tauna starts playing light piano <laughs> to set the mood for the two of them and carry this is one of the greatest crimes in the history of cinema. Oh, but I understand why they did it. I understand too. Because they are given two Mai Tais on the house, right? Yeah. And it's loaded. Oh, yeah. There's more There's more Tai than Mai about it. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's Jasseline. Yeah. This, this deleted sequence 
where Velma gets boozed up enough for Nagutauna to start playing a very famous tune, Velma performs the whole number. You gotta get the audio. <laughs> you gotta get the audio. Does know that bloody skulls are non-alcoholic, doesn't Trust it? In me when I say, I understand this is a what the fuck moment. Why is she doing this in the middle of the movie like this? And also a beloved cartoon character is boozed up like. Yeah, and shaking her ass on the bar and the piano. It's like, not exactly kid friendly, but it what it's what cuts us into her reminiscing about Coolsville, right? No, she starts telling the discount AJ McLean about the good old days of Mystery Inc. Not so much about Scrappy-Doo and his puppy power, though. As anybody who's a fan of this cartoon will tell you, Scrappy-Doo has always been the most annoying addition to this series that has ever existed. You know how on sitcoms, when things get a little stale after the youngest cast member ages out of cuteness? Yeah, we gotta do something else. And, you know, Scrappy is kind of Scooby-Doo's answer for that. And, like, Scrappy's addition to the cartoon was exactly that. He was a walking, talking gimmick, and everybody hated him. And Scrappy is so irritating. We have this little scene where we see them in the good old days, and apparently one day in the Mystery Machine, Scrappy-Doo, Scooby's nephew, makes the demand that Mystery Inc. make him their leader. It's the way he looks Fred in the face after yelling at him and says, You don't have the scroat for this job, Pally. You know what that means? The balls. He said that. I know. I cannot believe they made him say that. You don't have the scrope for this job, Pally. Ah, listen up, losers. The time has come that you appoint me your unquestioned leader. Either that or I'm out of here. Hmm. What's the idea? You can't do this to me. People adore me. Ow! I'm as cute as a Powerpuff Girl. So they kick him out of Mystery Inc. It's basically what happens to him on the show. The way Velma is giggling on this guy's shoulder when we come back to the real timeline. Then all at once, the monsters crash the party. The creatures come flooding into this hotel. One creature knocks Fred out with its breath. And also Velma. Velma trying to unmask it when it's got her in its clutches. And it just breathes on her and she passes out. How did she really think that was someone in a mask? The thing's ten feet tall. Nice mask. Bad breath. Now it's just Shaggy, Scooby, Daphne, and Mary Jane running from the monsters, right? A famous chase montage ensues. I wish they'd done the doors thing. I know, me too. They don't do it, but I wish they had. You know, they get away in the dumbest way possible, too. Like, they're all riding this luggage cart, and they crash through a fourth-story window. And all survive. They bounce off an awning at the bottom. Like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) 
And like as the night is closing, we're just seeing all of these creatures dragging the limp bodies of the college students off into the woods. Hotel is in shambles. Everything's everywhere. This is, this is, this is horrifying. Like, what I wrote was Mary Jane gets on her cell phone and does the first smart thing anyone's done in this movie and calls the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard moment is weird. Thank you. Like, why is that there? No, the joke is so weird because she's like, our friends have been kidnapped. And the guy's like, okay, cool. We can meet you on the pier tomorrow. And then he hangs up the phone. Our friends have been kidnapped. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Why do they laugh like that? Are they involved? Yeah, it makes me think they're involved. Like, why did they do that? Anyway. That never comes back. They go to the pier to meet the Coast Guard and they sleep there all night. And when they wake up in the morning, they find that everything is fixed and fine. Like all the damage that the monsters did, it's all gone. (laughs) Yo, Red! The ball! (laughs) Yeah, the college kids are partying. Like nothing happened. Sugar Ray is here. Yeah, Sugar Ray is hosting a huge pool party (laughs) for everybody at the hotel. It's a party and it's so weird. There's something wrong with everyone's eyes. When Sugar Ray... The Sugar Ray guy. I don't know which one. Which the, which the Ray is it? <laughs> I, when he's singing at Daphne. And his eyes light up. Yeah, and she's like, mm, I don't, I don't like that. All four of them split up, go look for their friends. Shaggy and Scooby find Fred at the party, and he's acting super weird. He's not talking like himself, and uh-oh, everyone's possessed. Yeah, no, everybody becomes hostile very quickly. Look what happened last night. Man, we got beats like it was the Lizness on Earth. You know what I'm saying, G? No. Get the dog. Daphne gets taken and possessed by Zarkos, and he takes the Damon Ritus away from her. Yeah, like, that happens so fast. And now, Fred and Sugar Ray are trying <laughs> to kill Shaggy and Scooby. Shaggy and Scooby run from them and hide in this little garage. Not Fred and Sugar Ray breaking in to kill them. <laughs> them using the guitar to break the windows. But they get away on what, Carrie? A couple of matching four-wheelers, conveniently parked for their use, and because the keys to these things are always on board, they take right off! They almost run over Mary Jane, who hops on the four-wheeler with Shaggy. Yeah. This is where Scoob notices something sus about Mary Jane. She gets hit in the head by a branch, and it tears her eyes open a little bit. (laughs) And he can see that she is also possessed. (laughs) Like dog. As soon as they get to the Spookapalooza altar, where they stop, Scooby is immediately trying to tell Shaggy that something's up with Mary Jane. And because Shaggy is very hot for Mary Jane, he's not listening to the Scooby. Dude, what are you doing, man? Step off, Scoob. Reggie! I'm ripped. 
Oh, yeah? Well, why don't you say that to my face, man? Well, right right now! Now, Scooby-Doo, your mom eats cat poop. Scooby-Doo gets disappeared through a hole in the ground. No, yeah, like, he's about to, like, hit him? Yeah. And Scooby just goes down through this trap door in the middle of the altar, and Shaggy immediately is like, I gotta go after him, immediately changes his tune. Scooby's been eaten. I gotta save him. You stay here, I'll be right back. No, Shaggy. I mean, it's too dangerous. I've got to. He's like my best pal. Friends don't quit. <laughs> Friends don't quit. Friends don't quit. And he dives in after him and he lands in this tunnel of sand. And It's I, like a cave system. I just love it. Scooby-Doo. Where are you? Oh no, yeah, they got it in. They got it in somehow. And guys, the thing is, is that Scooby's already gone. Whatever's become of Scooby, he's already been spirited away. It happened so fast. Shaggy finds this cave chamber. Uh Uh-huh. With a vat of spooky juice in it. The literal ball of souls. It is a protoplasmic record of everyone that's been possessed. This is where all the kids who've been taken over by the monsters ended up. Like, this is where their souls ended up. It's got people in it, bro. Like, (laughs) he gets over this vat, and he's looking at it. It looks like the flashback sink from Harry Potter. It looks like the pensive. (laughs) And he hears Velma's voice coming out of it. He sticks his hand in and pulls a little floating Velma head up out of the vat. Thanks, Shaggy. Oh, boy, am I glad to see you. Now let me go so I can return to my body. And then get out of here before they find you and steal your protoplasm, too. I always do for a hero, Shaggy. Velma's protoplasm finds her in her much hotter body. No, stop. Her we, body is not harder. We, her cleavage is just more visible. Harder. Hotter. <laughs> Sorry. Wow, Freudian slip. <laughs> and now I can see both of her dinklies. Jinkies. <laughs> Jinkies, Dinklies. And it re-enters her body, her protoplasm, her soul, and it causes the possessing creature to be expunged and not caring for the sunlight it is expunged into, it explodes. I understand. I'm the same way sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, Shaggy also rescues Fred's protoplasm. He thinks he's, like, high or something. (laughs) Talk me down, man. Talk me down. And Shaggy lets him go, but he doesn't have as much luck returning to his body. He's kind of ping-ponging around. Uh Uh-huh. And Shaggy also sets Daphne free as well. Put me back, Shaggy. (laughs) I'll figure a way out myself. (laughs) Like how? (laughs) I don't know. I'll I'll use my tongue as an oar and swim to the edge. And listen, I love Shaggy, but this movie would have been over right here if he had just tipped that entire bowl of souls over. You're not kidding, bro. <laughs> You're not kidding. Bonus, he also manages to retrieve the Damon Ritus. It's just down there with the bowl of souls. Yeah, thank God for Shaggy, right? <laughs> so Velma finds Daphne, who's still possessed. And shuts her in a room, but lets the protoplasm fly through the door first. Yeah, she waits for her protoplasm to show up, and then... When the monster pops out of Daphne's body, opens the window! And that thing, of course, explodes. That's one part of the mystery solved. The creatures must need our bodies to survive in sunlight. Like a human suit. 
SPF one million. But what are they doing here in the first place? Daphne, you okay? Yeah. But I'm not Daphne. Red? I'm looking at my watch thinking, yeah, I guess there's time for some body switching humor. I do love the body swap part. Like No, because that the thing is is that obviously Fred wasn't able to get back to his body, so he jumped into Daphne's body, which of course means that, that Daphne, Daphne jumps into Fred's body. <laughs> And listen, this dub is god tier. Oh, they it did is. an amazing job. Because they all meet up in the woods. Yeah, we of course magically all find each other in the woods minutes later. And Shaggy produces the Damon Ritus. <laughs> Please tell me you guys are you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shaggy pulls out the Damon Ritus, which immediately tries to correct the protoplasm error. Man, like why am I wearing a dress? <laughs> Everyone remain calm. Velma. What the heck's going on? If my calculations are correct, due to the fragile nature of unstable protoplasm in the proximity of the Damon Ritus, we're simply going to continue randomly changing bodies until... <laughs> until the protoplasm realigns with the appropriate bodies. I'm Fred again! Velma in Fred's bodies. <laughs> it's going to keep happening as long as they're in proximity to it. Man! Like, why am I wearing a dress? Oh, man. The way Shaggy is giggling, being in <laughs> Velma's body. <laughs> That's nothing compared to the way Fred, when he was in Daphne's body, was like, I, I can look, look at, at myself, myself naked. naked. That's nasty, Fred. It is nasty. She's your friend. <laughs> All you care about is swimsuit models. Hey, now, I, I find dorky chicks like you attractive, too. <laughs> dorky chicks like you turn me on, too. Thanks, Fred. The body swapping is great, but like, once they all finally get back into their bodies, right? They're all righted, everything's fine. We are distracted to the beach by an explosion, and it's the voodoo maestro. He's trying to do some sort of um, voodoo ritual on a dead Arnuki beast, which we get to see, and it's frightening. <laughs> no, yeah, it's too much. He's trying to do a protection spell on himself so that he can live out the oncoming dark apocalypse. Yeah, no, he says they're about to do this ritual here soon. Uh, after <laughs> by they, they, he means the monsters. Yeah, no, yet. Darkopolis ritual. That's right. That's what the ancient text describes. Hey, hey, hold on, don't open it. Don't open that. They use the protoplasm in the fat as an energy source. And the leader needs to absorb a purely good soul to complete the ritual. Legend has it. Once the Darkopolis ritual is performed, the creatures will rule on Earth for 10,000 years. So that's why I'm taking this dead Arnuki beast up in my house to protect myself. Give another one of those. And she's like, that's what the Damon Ritus says. And it, she opens it, and he goes, hey, 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 don't open that. Don't open that. <laughs> Holding the dead Arnuki beast up. <laughs> oh, my God. Scooby is the pure soul they are going to use. That's the reason Scooby's been dognapped, is because he is the pure soul they need. yes. No, the prefix applies to the victim. I know. Dognapped. It's uh, when we go to uh, see where Scooby is now, he's meeting Mondavarius. Because, of course, Mondavarius is behind this. He's the one that brought Scooby here. I forget his name is Scoobert. I know. Scoobit! <laughs> and and Ma Mondavarius is indeed a creep. And 
It's just, it's the way Mondavarius starts manipulating Scooby. Oh, he's, he's doing like, his social engineering. Yeah, about how Shaggy doesn't really care that much about him. And it's just the insanely creepy way he gets down on one knee. Oh, no. Scooby, I would like you to be a sacrifice. Rarakrarise? And Scooby he has no idea what that means. He, he thinks it's cool. He's it's all too happy to oblige. Oh my god. What a dumb dog. Like on the beach, Shaggy's like, we gotta go save Scoob, man. And they're like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We we, we can't do this. Like, all the time we've just been unmasking people who are being dicks. Like, just <laughs> these creatures are real. How are we supposed to fight this? And Shaggy's like, we're supposed to be heroes, man. Oh, Matthew Lillard. We are supposed to be fearless. Oh, his, he's so earnest. I'm going to eat myself a Scooby snack, and I'm going to save my best pal. We could make a plan. What can I do? The only thing I'm good for is getting caught. But you never let that stop you before. And if that's not a true hero, then I don't know what is. Let's get jinky with it. And then they all put their hands in the middle. Let's get jinky with it. I sighed so heavily during that. Very Uh, quickly explained to me the plan. Okay, that's the thing, is that once again, they're back on their old shit. Like, they have formulated a needlessly complicated plan to overthrow Mondavarius. They They do think harder, not smarter. Yeah, they usually Uh, do. Ross, they have the time to set up an entire pulley system to overturn the bowl of souls. When they could just do it. I know. And I know what you're thinking. They're in a cave. There's no sunlight. So what they've done is they've stolen the crystal head disco ball. Yes, yes. So that Daphne can open the air shaft and let in the sunlight. And then the sunlight will reflect off the crystal skull and make all the monsters explode. Also, I guess everyone on the island is now possessed because there's not a single person fucking with their plans. Oh, no, exactly. No one's asking questions. They're able to bring this plan together with little to no problems. And, of course, this will go completely according. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, every single needlessly complicated plan, this goes hella wrong. Darpocalypse is, like, gonna start, right? And it's the way they're starting it without the Damon Ritus. Yeah. Like, because Shaggy took it back, right? Yeah. And, like, why are they going to start the ritual without it? Because Mondavarius knows what they're doing. What happens in sequence, right, is, like, they fuck up the pulley system, right? It yeah. starts with Shaggy. It's a chain reaction. Shaggy attaches himself to the pulley and not the vat, so it fucks up the pulley system. All systems go. Wait. Oh, no. The no. drink rides again. They have to scramble to hide because everyone is arriving in the cave for the dark copalypse ritual. Fred and Velma are trying to blend in with the rest of the possessed students. Fred and Velma pretending to know the ritual dance is hilarious. Like the way she's like, fee, fi, fo, fana. <laughs> the students instantly know that they're not one of them. So one of these things just doesn't belong here. And like Bondivarius just has the guards seize them and hold them still 
while he gets this whole shindig started. Fred, Velma, welcome to my little end of the world party. I've waited a long time for this moment. Thank you for returning the ultimate party favor with Damon Writers. And now, behold the sacrifice. Scooby is being carried in on a litter. Hello! Hello! <laughs> he has no idea what's about to happen! He thinks this is all for him. <laughs> he thinks they're having a party for him. And Shaggy is very surreptitiously one of the guards. Yeah, he's stolen a guard's garb and has snuck in with the rest of the guys holding the litter. And, like, he's trying to tell him that they need to get out of here. I'm a sacrifice, <laughs> Dude, that's not good, Scoob. <laughs> I'm sorry I yelled at you. And I'm really sorry. I haven't been a very good friend since we got here. But listen to me, bro. You gotta trust me now. You don't trust me. I do trust you, Scoob. Now look, who's, who's your best buddy? Raggy. That's right. And who's my best buddy in the whole wide world? Ruby Doo. That's right, Scoob. You are. And we're like two chippy peas in a far out pod, man. And I'm sobbing! Listen, Matthew Lillard's shaggy performances are some of the sweetest, most endearing acting in all of cinema. Can you please get the real tears out of your eyes right now? Like, he, like he, I love him so much. His, quote, co-star is a computer animated image. Scooby is not there, but no matter what scene we're in, I believe it in Matthew's eyes. His co-star is a tennis ball on a stick. <laughs> But listen, guys, it's not good news because before they can escape, Naguto Una is picking Scooby's soul out of his chest with his pincer. Oh my god, it's like a it's like a crane, like a like a claw crane game, but it's a giant pincer and it's removing Scooby-Doo's soul. Scooby's soul is sucked out with the soul sucker outer and like sucker outer. <laughs> And, you know, Mondavarius is saying that ultimate power is going to be his. How upsetting. He literally installs the Damon Ritus in his chest. Like it's a USB input. The moment is at hand. Through the Damon Ritus, I shall absorb the energy source. Plasm out of the bowl of souls. All these souls, all these people are going into Mondavarius's body. And now, to complete my transformation, I shall absorb the pure one. Oh, but Ross, Shaggy's not having it. His little action hero moment. Nobody absorbs my pal. jumps on the crane carrying Scooby's soul and it swings in Mondavarius's direction. Knocks him out. Knocks him right down. And Scooby makes it back into his body. Thank God that was a dark few moments. And like Fred and Velma are like we need to get the Damon Ritus and they run up to his body and the Damon Ritus is like glowing and she Velma tries to touch it. It's hot. Yeah. It's hot to the touch. And, like, they notice that Mondavarius's jaw is just going. And, guys, this is one of the most disturbing shots in the film. Oh, guys, I was not prepared for this. And Fred goes, look, Velms, a, a man, man in a mask. mask. And he reaches under his chin and pulls his face off 
and it's a robot. Guys, this is about to get stupid. And his chest bursts open to reveal Scrappy Dappy Doo. Puppy power! I'm outsmarted! Scrappy Doo. Correction! The new improved Scrappy! Because I, Scrappy Dappy Doo, have absorbed enough energy to. Now! To rule the world with my all powerful army! I'm angry. It's, I know, I know. It's been 20 years since this came out. I'm angry still. I know, I know. He, They picked as the it's final so twist. It's so silly, Carrie. It, they picked as the final twist of this movie to re-include the most irritating aspect of the entire source material. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm hoarse with rage. <laughs> and then he, when he starts growing, he gets big and ugly fast. And I brought you here, puny, pathetic mystery ink, to witness my moment of triumph. All I need to complete my transformation is... Scooby-Doo! <laughs> also, we've neglected to mention... That while all of this is going on, Daphne is embroiled in her own struggle. Oh yeah, if you're wondering why we haven't heard from Daphne in a minute, it's because she's on the roof trying to open the vent. So that we can, you know, let the sunlight in to reflect off the uh, crystal skull. Let the sunshine. Please stop. Anyway. Let and the sunshine in. And who's here to interrupt her but Zarkos. Yeah, this is where we get to see the bulk of Daphne's martial arts training, Mm -hmm. which is honestly a cool scene. With the rock cover of the Scooby-Doo theme over (laughs) it. While Scrappy is chasing Scooby and Shaggy around the cave and Daphne is battling Zarkos. Many hijinks ensue. Yes. Fred is wielding climbing ropes as a weapon. Velma's trying to get to the big crane so she can knock the bowl of souls over. Mm -hmm. Shaggy is very quickly finding out that Scooby was right about Mary Jane. Yeah. When she picks him up by the throat. I know. And tries to breathe her nasty knockout breath on him. Like, wow. Ross. You know her breath smells exactly like weed. Like wow. Give me the dog. (laughs) Scrappy, down, sit, back, Scrappy. Mary Jane hands Scooby to Scrappy. Oh, yeah. To Overlord Scrappy, <laughs> who is colossal now. Guys, he's an actual kaiju. Yeah. Like, this is insane. And I'm upset that I have to process this all so quickly. You know what I mean? Because yeah. as soon as Mary Jane hands Scooby off to Scrappy, Scrappy starts trying to pinch his soul out again. And we cut back to the roof, and Daphne has Zarkos literally over a barrel. No, well, she's got him pinned over the entrance. The vent. The vent. Now who's the damsel in distress? Me? 
Straight up. Pulls back on the rope, flings over it, right on top of him. He falls through the vent, onto the vat of souls. Sorry, the protoplasmic vat. I don't know. Bowl of souls. The bowl of souls. And sends it tipping. Then she releases the disco skull. And you guessed it. All the protoplasms are finding their correct but That's the thing, though. All those souls going free at once, there's got to be some mix-ups happening the way it did with them. Yeah, no, seriously. And as the souls find their bodies again, the creatures are expunged and exposed to the sunlight reflected off the crystal skull disco ball, and they all start exploding. Oh, my God. In all this chaos, Shaggy has gotten up to the pincer controls and is now tapping Big Ugly Scrappy on the shoulder with it because he's going to pluck the Damon Ritus out of him, right? Huh? Why, dude? What? You're a bad... Literally plucks the Damon Ritus out of his chest and all the souls that were absorbed go flying out. And he starts to... Like a balloon. (laughs) And guys, everybody's saved. We find the real Emil Mondavarius. No, that's the thing. While everybody is hooking up at the end of all this chaos, like Shaggy just hears banging on this trap door and he opens it up. He tells Shaggy that Scrappy was in casting for them to be one of their elves (laughs) and imprisoned him. He's been down there for two years. Two years ago, that little pest turns up at a casting session for our evil elves. The next thing I know, I'm stuck in a hole and he's cavorting about in a mechanical version of me. But look, thank you so much. What a delight. Fantastic! Fantastic! Once the press and the Coast Guard finally arrive, Fred learns his lesson and lets Velma take the credit, right? Speak to the press. And she's like singing their praises. If she, if he had just done this to begin with, we wouldn't be in this position. I know, I know. And the thing is, is that Scrappy also gets to do the, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. So I got a little cranky. Gee, Scraps, no reason to freak out like a jerk and try to kill all humanity. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it too. If not for your meddling son of- now that Mystery Inc. is back together, do you have any comment on the mudbog ghoul who's been terrorizing London? Whatever the case, Mystery Inc. will be there. It's all the mysteries, man. Writing wrongs, looking for clues, and kicking butt. <laughs> Mystery Inc. is back together. All is right with the world. That is just so core to me. This movie's such a moment. I know. It's the music. It's the intergenerational um, confluence, if you will. Confluence. I mean, I think people of all ages can like this movie. I think it's that silly. No, I do agree. I, I And, like, I just... It is just the, um, the cultural aesthetic that you kind of vibe with, though. This early millennium place where we can all just be hot and spooky together and solve crimes. (laughs) Hot and spooky. And defy ancient demons? Like... Yeah! Daphne the Vampire Slayer. I know, right? (laughs) Uh, Fred is all the Ken you'll ever need. Oh, stop. Oh, my God. Fred is Kenuff. And Velma's a genius. And Shaggy's got all... He's the heart. He is the heart. He's the heart. Bless his soul. He can't be the brain. 
Stop. It's fried in THC. <laughs> no, guys, I encourage you to go look on YouTube or TikTok of clips of Matthew Lillard, like, doing his shaggy voice for kids. It's some of the most darling content you'll ever consume. Matthew, I wish I could meet him and give him a hug and say thank you. And Carrie Ann is going to do this for you. We're going to have to post those deleted scenes in the related media. Oh no, guys, the deleted scenes are everything. That is a great moment from childhood, guys. Oh my god. It was the moment. It was. A cataclysm of the times and the interests and the youth and... uh, And the old people. Yeah, and the spooky. And the spooky. It's more silly than spooky, but you know. Guys, this is a year-round food for me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It does not have to be October. This is a year-round food for me. But we wanted to put it here. Yeah, like... God, uh, it's perfect. I feel like this movie... Oh, this is going to sound silly. You love the way this movie makes you feel? No, not even that. Go ahead and say it. I'm kidding. I do love the way this movie makes me feel, but I also feel like it's kind of a masterclass in adapting a cartoon for live action. Like, you have to make references to the show and stay true to the original characters, which is two things that this film did very well. I agree. I absolutely agree. All of those actors were perfect. This is this is some of the most god tier casting that you can get. I literally have no notes. No. No notes about the casting. Mm-mm. It's not like there's a standout that's distracting. They all mesh together well, mm-hmm. and they would go on to be the same for the sequel. And Matthew Lillard's chemistry with the tennis ball and a stick is just god tier. Like, right? How do you how do you act to nothing? <laughs> I don't get it. It's a very special talent that's undervalued in this society. <laughs> Ian McKellen. Yeah, Ian McKellen. <laughs> oh, Robbie Coltrane. Yeah. Acting to nothing as Rubius Hagrid, my God. Guys, next week, Ross and I are going to be taking something off of our How Haven't We Done This Yet list. Oh, and we are so ready. We are going to be covering the horror thriller from 2005, Hide and Seek. Let's watch two of the greatest actors of all time. (laughs) Robert De Niro and, yes, Dakota Fanning. (laughs) Be absolutely disconcerting for about two hours. When I saw Carrie, that that, that is one of those first viewings that has always stayed with me. Oh, boy. Because I watched it with you. We were in the theater. We were home, and it scared the fuck out of me. (laughs) Oh, I haven't seen it. Ross, I don't think I've seen it since we saw it together. Charlie. Stop. Ah! It's going to be nuts. Yeah. In the meantime, please go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our spooky little watch party. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, Mom. Sorry, Mom.